How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 4. First Date Doug. Holy shit, I think I've done it. I really think I've done it. I've written a hundred good riffs before and said to myself, this is the single when it comes out. All the while, never releasing anything I've recorded. But honestly... I have goosebumps. Dad! Come down here, quick! My parents have had infinite fucking patience with me, and this is probably where they use it the most. I can hear to this day the sound of Dad exhaling, getting up slowly, muttering, Fucking kid never gives me a break. Then slowly comes down the stairs. What now? Dad, I swear to God, I got something good. I adjust my tuning and get my tempo back, and I start going to town. Even he looks at me with these wide eyes and is floored by it. He doesn't say anything though. He just gets behind the kit and starts playing. I know he likes it when he jumps behind the kit. He does this thing that sounds okay, but uh, not great. <laughs> no, Dad, stick to the snare and go to the hi-hat on the pre-chorus. Want one or two pedals on the kick? Just stick to the one. Keep it simple. We hammer it out and take our time. It's kind of weird how when two musicians know they have something good, they laugh. Dad was laughing like he had just watched Life of Brian. <laughs> Oddly enough, a lot of the big hits in music were written in only a couple minutes. Sometimes if an artist is taking a long time with something, it just isn't right. But if it flows out naturally, you know you have something great. Uh, Sammy Hagar wrote how Rock Candy was a last-minute song because Montrose needed one more good song. It was damn near written in only a couple takes. The Lumberjack song was written in only 20 minutes because Jones and Palin needed a way out of the homicidal barber sketch. Even McCartney said yesterday came to him in a dream. He just didn't believe he had written it for about two weeks. Sometimes a song just comes to you. Inspiration doesn't have a schedule. Doug... I don't know how you came up with this, but I really like it. The first song I've really loved of yours in a good many years. That hit me like a truck, man. When the guy you admire most loves something you do, no amount of money or fame can come close to the amount of pride and contentment you feel. So what do I do with it? I know I'm out of the game, but man, this one's good. He sits on his drum throne, pondering. He told me the other day it's time to grow up, and here we are, right back in the thick of that bug we both can't seem to shake. Creative people can't shake it no matter what. Years can go by, and one song can get you back into edit mode. If the song is good, they'll say, Shit, I should have thought of that. If they don't like it, they'll go sift through every second going, Who the fuck thought of this? Dad stands up. Call Tim and just get it on tape. Tim is my producer engineer who handles everything musical I do. We must have recorded a good 20 plus songs, but we released none of them because I'm so scared of the rejection. Did anything happen today that got you grooving or thinking? I have a big shit-eating grin on and <laughs> tell him about Angela. You guys been texting? I know I've forgotten to do something. Not yet. It only happened a couple hours ago. Text her tomorrow. 
don't seem so desperate. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. I think we all know I don't make good decisions. So, of course, I text her when he leaves and goes upstairs. Dad, I'm actually pretty nervous about texting her. Why? Like, he doesn't already know. <laughs> I I'm so lousy at giving my all to people, and I want this to be right. So, if she agrees to go out with me, what do I do? How do I do it? What do I say? He makes a timeout motion. One step at a time. I've never seen you so nervous, so when I tell you this, try to follow through with it, please. I put the guitar down so he knows he has my full attention. Take a look at yourself and figure out what you as a person like to do when you're alone, or what you do when you're in a bad mood to make yourself feel happy. After you work that out, Ask her to do that with you as your first date, because you'll know you'll found the one when you can take them along and still enjoy yourself because their company makes you enjoy it more. Because if they can do that, you'll never want to be alone again. And there I was, thinking to myself, fuck, I should have thought of that. <laughs> Sorry, it's the writer in me. So... Dad runs upstairs, and I do as I said I was going to do. I send her a text and keep things light. Not too much pressure, yet sweet. Hey, great to meet you today. Can't wait to see you soon. Then I wait a good uh, 15 minutes for a response. 15 minutes seems like an eternity to a millennial. Hey, great bumping into you too. Sorry about your head again. Sad face. It's my personal belief that if someone you're into gives you more than one why, they're into you too. Obviously, it's not a fact, just my experience. <laughs> Though, I'd love to chat back and forth with her all night. I have sleeping to do, and I want to talk with her more in depth when we go out. I text her back, no worries. It's not every day you get hit in the head by a beautiful girl. <laughs> I usually have to wait for a relationship for that, and it's usually a frying pan. Oh my god, you must have brain damage, because I am not beautiful, but thank you. And I have a few pans, so I'll practice my aim. By the way, she is a stunning woman. She looks like one of those girls who was an emo kid in junior high that's into flower power now that she's an adult, but also would look at home at an emo night. Oh, <laughs> lucky me. BTW, when are you free? I'm free Friday night if you are. I am! And that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, what would you like to do? What she sends next uh, kind of breaks my heart. Because this is like the 15th time I've heard this in my time of dating. Um, I've never actually been on a date, so I don't quite know what to do. Up to you, really. <laughs> now... I'm all for feminism and breaking the glass ceiling, but some things shouldn't totally go away, in my opinion. Good men shouldn't be a dying breed. Netflix and chilling is fine when you're in a relationship, but have some substance, you low-aspiring fucks. Have an imagination. So I send her this. That really breaks my heart in a way. Uh, what do you like to do as your hobbies? I just listen to music, watch TV, hang with my friends. And go to school, really. 
I'm about to shoot this date right in the five hole. How about I take you into town? Go to the record store, bookstore, then grab some dinner? Keep it low pressure and just have fun? She steals my heart by saying, Make it a comic book store, and I'm ready to rage. God, she's one of the good ones. Now, it turns out we only have that one day together on campus, so we can't even meet up for stuff before or after class, But because she's a nursing major, so she's a busy girl. And I was hit in the head with a sociology book. I'm just grateful it wasn't anatomy and physiology. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but when I have plans at the end of the week, I'm looking to speed up time just so I can get going. My god, I hate waiting for a good thing when I know it's coming around the corner. Today was my average day minus meeting Angela. But my week has been more or less the same. Work, lounge around, school, then go and play music. The only other thing I could do was obsess over this song. I have all the music written, but no lyrics at all. I'm sure that'll come in time, slowly but surely. But until then, you have to move on with your life. A Friday comes, and I'm at the record store an hour early. I actually shop before I'm supposed to shop along with her. I get the really good stuff and hide it in my car. As I shut the door, she pulls up. Success. She comes out of her car, and I'm already convinced that a ring is all I need. We have texted intermittently all week, and she is as beautiful on the inside as she is out. She gives me a hug, and... The best date of my life starts. She stops hugging me. Let's go. I've been looking forward to this all week. We walk inside. So where do you want to start? I know you like Slipknot, but... Uh, Angela, where did you... I'm over here! Oh, she yells from behind the stacks. She's flipping through the stacks like I wasn't even there. I've been on this punk kick, so I'm probably going to be here a while. Starting at A, she pulls out a record or two, uh, Alkaline Trio and Anti-Flag, and puts them on the side. Moving on down the line, she grabs Circa Survive, Descendants, and I Am the Avalanche. All awesome bands I listen to often. She hops over to Metal and picks up Avenged Sevenfold. Rap and hip-hop get a look through, and I hear, Already have a lot of these. <laughs> I think I'm tearing up. <laughs> then I hit her with the question of all questions that... Don't involve dropping on one knee. If you had to pick three records that can sum up who you are, which would you pick and why? I get a thousand-yard stare, a look that almost says, that's not possible. Hold these and I'll go look. I'm sitting on these chairs at a listening station watching these records like they're a new diamond necklace. I'm contemplating my own three records because I know she's going to ask me for my choices. I know not many people in this day and age buy full-length albums or take the time to listen to them, but some can change an outlook on life in just one listen. I've always heard of a song changing someone's life, and it happens more than you think. One lyric or the way a progression is played has sometimes turned my world upside down. So I urge everyone to take a listen to a full album that uh, one of your favorite songs is on. She comes back with her three picks. And man, oh man, are they good picks. She whips out the untitled album from Blink-182. I don't know anyone our age who didn't listen to I Miss You and Cry a Little Inside. This whole album, bottom to top, is outstanding. 
It just goes to show a change in direction in life is not a bad thing. It could be the best thing. You can be the same person and mature without losing your friends or fans. She puts that aside and puts up Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness, by Coheed and Cambria. There's always going to be songs about relationships, drugs and alcohol, even politics. But hell, I never knew you could write a song about the graphic novel series you have. You never know where inspiration can come from or the story behind it. Have you read the books he wrote? God damn, that guy is talented. Honestly, one of the most influential artists on my life. Then finally, she pulls out the red herring of the three. But holy crap, it's a good pull. She pulls out the low-end theory from a tribe called Quest. I grew up with jazz around the house, so this will always hold a place in my heart. It couldn't be more on point than in the opening song, Excursions. You can find the abstract listening to hip-hop. My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. You can take one kind of music and make it your own by adding, subtracting, or flipping it entirely around. What you do with your art is up to you. Does anyone know if a minister is available? <laughs> she sends me out to get my own stuff and I come back quickly. I was thinking of mine while you got yours. I spread them out like they're playing cards. Oh, pick one, any one! <laughs> she closes her eyes and pulls out the first. It is a single by an artist named Marco called The Over Under. This one I don't know. He's an up-and-coming rapper. The whole song is about how he deals with his mental illness. Did you ever hear a song that knocks you on your ass? Well, in one verse he says, I don't like to express who I am outside of music. I've got depression that's seeping into my spinal fluid, plus I lost the only woman who would guide me through it, and I've been praying that she ain't doing what I've been doing. Though I don't have depression, I have anxiety that sometimes can make me the dumbest choices and uh, steer me off in a direction that I would never drive in. I never considered suicide, but man, this song hit hard with letting me know there's someone else out there. She looks at me with that look of, I've been there too. God, this woman's awesome. Next, we have Fleetwood Mac's album, Fleetwood Mac. Though... God knows how many timeless songs are on this. It goes to show you can establish a following and a support system in one iteration that start all over again with new people and sound and come back even bigger and better. Not just in music, but life, too. She nods accordingly. Do you try and scare your first dates like this all the time? Nope. Just the ones I really like. <laughs> she giggles and pulls out the last one. Then, lastly, Lincoln Park's Meteora. Their first album everyone puts on their list of 100 albums to listen to before you die, but I so prefer this because they evolved so much in a short amount of time. It just goes to show you if you do something once, you can do it again. And I prefer a lot of the songs on this, like Breaking the Habit, Faint and Don't Stay. Don't even get me started on Numb. <laughs> We go buy our selections, then split to go to the comic book store. I realize she's consistent because she goes in and buys a hard copy of the collected works from the Amory Wars, the graphic novel series to the music of Kohi and Cambria, written by Claudio Sanchez. Then we split towards dinner. I treat her like a gentleman, and I hear this. 
Stop being nice. It makes me uncomfortable. I make a stink face. Why would it make you uncomfortable? It makes me feel like you're expecting something at the end of the night. Angela, you know I'm not. I know, I know. But it makes me feel that way. So I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Now you're getting why I'm a single Pringle. (laughs) What if I am a gentleman, but drown it in sarcasm? She has a face of contemplation. That could work. So if I pull your chair out, for now on, I'll say shit like, I know it's hard for you to do simple things on your own, hun. Then peck you on the forehead. (laughs) I love that. I look at her fingers and notice she seems around a size eight. You don't let the one get away, guys. We finish our meals. I pay, but let her leave a tip because I figured she'd kill me if I don't let her. I walk her to her car, give her a hug. For some reason, we don't let go. So I ask her, Is someone expecting something at the end of the night? Shut up. This is different. I back up. I don't usually do that on the first date. Well, this is my first first date, so let me make a mistake if I want to. We have this kiss that makes planets melt. I don't know where she's been, and I don't really care. I'm done with this dating and music life. It's all over, and it'll never see my face again. Hey. That sounds like a hell of a lyric. This has been How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books.